0: Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now, here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon.
1: Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today, we have Noah joining us again, my husband. Noah, thank you for being here
2: thanks again for having me.
1: We have a really special show today. We have invited the general manager of the station to come and kind of do an interview for us. Uh, Adoption now has grown so fast, so quickly. And so we wanted to really stop and kind of recap where the show is going. So thank you so much for being here, Mike Dream.
0: You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you. And I get to crash your party, which I really love.
1: You love our parties.
0: I do. I do. And uh, and it's just... um, you know, I've gotten to hear your story and follow it from the start where we talked about the program and and just the idea, you know, to bring it on radio. And so for the listeners to go back and hear your story again, I think that's really good. It just gives them the the foundation and the background of Adoption Now, what you're doing.
1: That's great. Well, we're excited.
0: So I am too. Let's get started then. Do you want me to start with you, April? Sure. Okay. So tell us, um, kind of how did what's your story? How did it start? Um, I think at some point, weave in the radio as you get to it. And and so the listeners can see where radio became a possibility too. And of course, you have radio background well beyond adoption now before that. But um, what's the beginning of the story in terms of you and Noah when it comes to adoption?
1: Well, we decided to adopt before we were married. So it was the journey that we knew we were gonna take together. You have to wait a couple of years before you get a home study done. You have to be married, I think two or three years. And then once that time period was over, we did our home study, waited two weeks and we got AJ. And it was just such a whirlwind of becoming parents. It was so amazing and wonderful. And really he did have some medical issues and you can listen to his story on, on the podcast on iTunes. And it was a very scary time for us, but in light of our whole story, that one was super easy, and we were just like, "Adoption is the best thing." Yeah, it's
0: no problem, right? No problem, oh, yeah. no a challenges.
1: You know, you might have some medical issues, but you can get through that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when we started saying yes to adoption number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, we were like,
0: "That's crazy!" I oh, can't. Oh my believe. goodness. That many. And, and you ended up adopting three children, right?
1: We finalized on three. Yeah. Correct. But
0: part of the story is there were six. Right. You kept on that same path. Why? And what happened with, the, uh, with all six? So there was JJ, but how about the other five?
1: Well, what happened with AJ is, you know, we had this passion and wanted to keep going. And then when the baby came, the second baby came and then left, we still need another baby. We needed a a brother a sibling for AJ that was our desire is to to adopt another um, African-American boy and so when baby number three came <laughs> we just decided you know what we're in it to win it and we always say that it, you, a couple has to be in it to win it you have to know that this is your calling and so when baby number three came we say we're gonna say yes to these adoptions that present themselves as long as our home study is live we're going to say yes. Right, Right, Noah?
2: Yeah. And we knew from the very beginning that adoption was on our heart and it was a continued call for us. It wasn't something that we thought, oh, we'll just do once and kind of go from there. It was something that is very deep in both of our hearts. And we're continuing to find that out even through this program. So it was, you know, every, every story that we'd walk through, we'd, we'd learn more. We would have a lot more pain, but we'd also have a lot more joy and a lot more experience. And it was something that helped us to continue forward.
0: So how did it impact your marriage? Because that, you know, that can't happen and not impact your marriage in some ways.
1: While we're still married. Yeah. Yay. Nice.
2: Almost nine years later. Okay. Almost cool. Nine
1: years. It was definitely hard on our marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, we were both in it. So we both said, yes, it can be way harder if... The mom is like, I want to do this, and the dad is kind of being dragged along.
0: I don't see how you do it at all, right, no, if that's I, the case.
2: I think that's one of the things that we've even talked about before, is if you're not on the same page in some regard, right? Um, it, it's such a unifying, but it can also be such a dividing um, process that you go through.
1: And we had moments of division. Oh, yeah. We had moments where we wanted to quit. Either one of us wanted to say, forget it, we're not doing this anymore or people were weighing in early on we let people weigh in mm-hmm. and tell us what we Probably should wasn't be good, doing was it? no because one of yeah. us would agree with that person's advice the other one would be getting advice from somewhere else so somewhere in there we stopped and said okay this has to be between us and god and we have to figure out a way to to make it happen and so with baby number 3 is where we really really changed and where i would say adoption went Change from, oh, I hope a stork brings a baby. It's going to be so fun to, it was really the grit of who we were. And we said yes to baby number three, who we knew was going to be drug exposed to some degree. Mm. Now, birth mom gave my, our phone number to her drug dealer. So drug dealer was calling us and saying, that's a nice touch, right? Really wonderful to have him calling us. Very sarcastically, no, it was very stressful. And and he was lying to us and saying, she's on heroin, she's on um, Xanax, and she goes to the methadone clinic. So we knew this baby was going to be right. a rough, have a rough first start. And in that time, I was searching for help, right? So I'm I'm looking on WebMD. Do not go on WebMD.
2: Or Google or in Google. general.
1: <laughs> and I'm reading all this stuff and I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't think we can do this. And I stopped and I said, you know what? I need to start hearing stories about people who have gone through this, not the medical advice. You know, I need to hear encouraging stories where someone came out on the other side. And I found a show called, I'm Having Their Baby. It was on um, Amazon Prime. Okay. And I started watching it and it was about birth moms that were going to give away their babies and what they go through. And one of the stories had a drug exposed baby and I watched the family see this baby shaking and starting to detox, and I watched the look on their face, and I could so relate to what they were going through. And I watched them step up to the plate and try to love the birth mom, even though you feel very upset that she has done this to this baby. And I, I, seeing it and hearing it, I thought, if one person can do it, they I mean, they didn't look like Superman and Superwoman, they look like regular people. If those people, maybe if they can do it, maybe, we can do it. When we showed up to the hospital and we were actually in the same situation, I remembered those stories. They they for some reason gave me a lot of strength to say, hey Noah, this couple, you gotta see the story. I think we can do it. Now, did they have all the advice? No. Was the story exactly the same as ours? No. Ours took different turns and everybody's does. But the one thing that really stuck out to me is I wanna tell stories. I want one day when we're through all this, I want to tell stories so that people can learn from these experiences so that they can say, well, no, in April, they're not anything special, but they got through it. And it was a really hard six months. During that time, I was reading posts. I was blogging. I wasn't blogging. I was reading blogging. I don't blog yet. Um, But I was reading all these blogs and learning, okay, this is what you do. You got to swaddle them for longer. You have to Be really careful with light. They can't be exposed to, you know, all these things. And so nobody really told me what to do. It was my own personal learning. And that's what I'm finding. What Noah and I are experiencing in this show is people are responding and saying, you're not really telling people what to do or teaching them or, I mean, you know, we aren't licensed therapists. You're just telling a story. And through that, I am learning so much about my situation. Mm -hmm. That's what we wanted.
2: I think it's interesting because we have this story that's ours now. And I think for me, especially going back to kind of your question about the marriage piece of it, I'm much more of the judgmental piece of our, of our uh, marriage, (laughs) but learning how a story can just really pull that, that grace into a situation and pull the judgment out. And so having the story of this little baby who was swaddled, honestly, was the biggest healing piece for our girl, because we had heard a story. It wasn't somebody that told us what to do. It wasn't an agency saying, you better do this or else. It was a story.
0: That's really what adoption now is about. And um, you bring not just the happy, oh everything worked out great stories, but the realism of people's stories that have really happened, the things that they've really experienced in adoption. To circle back around then, the program airs on KLTT 670 AM at a.m. on Saturdays. You've got 45 minutes. And we just expanded. So I I want people to realize that if you've heard the program, we've taken a little longer now because you need the time for those stories. You need to be able to tell the whole story, not just, hey, it was happy beginning, not so good in the middle, and then happy at the end, right? Right.
1: Well, they're not even always happy at the end. Right. Sometimes they walked away and they didn't have a child. There were times in the middle of our adoption story, if you would have invited us here, there would have been times that we would have said, We didn't get the baby,
0: Mm.
1: the end, the story's over. But it's not over and that's what's so cool about adoption is that the story never ends. Even when you bring the child home, there's still work to be done to get the child to attach. And there are some families out there that are struggling with that attachment. And so we're here to say there's some other options for you. Maybe the community that you're in is telling you you have to do it this way or read this book but we have experienced so many different ways that children have attached, and we want to connect you to people who can help you. I said, we're not the professionals, but we'll find those professionals that can help you. Different avenues, different ways. We're just making that smaller community more broad.
0: So it's, people will hear stories about adoption, not all happy stories, not all stories with a, a happy ending per se, but they're real, right? And they hear that real emotion. They're getting to hear your real emotion about what you know of experienced. And and tell us the rest. So there was six potential adoptions, but only three, actually, you have three children. So, so your story kind of has that realism to it because it's not all, hey, all three went well, everything's great, that kind of thing.
1: We did adopt number three. Mm-hmm. She was drug exposed, but she did not have heroin in her body. So that drug dealer took me on a four-week ride trying to get money from me. For nothing. And we learned then, be very careful when you give your phone number out to anyone. Maybe you can buy a dummy phone, an extra phone, and give that number so that you aren't having your personal number out there to all these different people. She did detox, though, from methadone. It is the least uh, long-term You're not going to see long-term effects on the baby, but it's the hardest for them. They say to really detox from. It was six months of pure screaming and just watching her be so uncomfortable, and she didn't eat. I thought they were going to put her on failure to thrive. I was trying to syringe stuff, you know, the formula in. I mean, it was really, really rough. And you think about being a mother, and and when I when we got AJ, I mean, he was so. Besides the first medical part, he was so easy, wouldn't you say? As a baby, oh,
2: yeah. he ate, he slept, and it was just, attached
1: to us fast.
2: Yep, attached to us fast, and was very quickly um, just attached to us as a part of our family. It was. It wasn't a, a thing that we felt like, oh man, we really got to fight hard. Mm-hmm. There have been times, you know, as he gets older, that there have been moments where we do have to fight really hard. But I think it's such a different fight than what it was with Lily.
1: And she was colombian that was really hard for me because i lived three years in africa and, and i worked in orphanages and i have an african-american baby i've only worked with african-american babies so it was kind of weird so unique, to right? have a white baby at home i mean yeah. I, I know that sounds so weird because yeah. we're caucasian but it was just very foreign to me and the experience was okay god today help me get through this day help me get through that Three o'clock time. I remember she would scream for almost three hours straight, from three to six, and you know, God really brought us through. And like I said, reading about other people's experience experiences really helped us. Um, and so once she got to a great place, we were like on to baby number four.
2: <laughs> yep, almost right away.
0: <laughs> so you you've got a story that that really is a long story, a long term story. You've experienced a lot of different things. And I think for people, that makes adoption now more relatable, right? Because one of the things we talked about, well, who does it help? You've been able to cover a lot of ground and help a lot of different people. And these stories will continue to help people because you're still learning. The listeners are still learning. I mean, you, you looked at me a couple of weeks ago and said, oh, my goodness, I am just, this is amazing.
1: It is such a learning process for us. We know a lot about domestic adoption, but the international piece We are learning so much about so many different avenues and stories and uh, paperwork. And so really being able to interview people is a joy for me. Mm -hmm. It's not, and this is what I always dreamed of is, you know, I've, I've done radio and I've done TV for seven years and I thought one day I want to do something that I just so deeply love and I'm passionate about and I'm excited to go to work. And this is I'm here. I can't believe it. And so when people are telling their stories and some people have said to me, I want to tell my story, but it's not good. And I say it's great because it's your story Mm. and speak out. Be brave. Tell tell about the rough period of time. Tell about how your family became disheveled. Talk about those things because people need to hear that. And when you hear somebody else going through a hard thing, you can then be encouraged. I don't it doesn't necessarily change your situation. But you can say, I'm not the only one, I'm not alone.
0: So how does that work for a guest? What are the, there's some benefits to them too, right? Because they they not only get to tell their story and I'm sure there's there's gotta be some release and some positive in that, but there are other things that benefit them too, right?
2: Yeah, I think that one of the things that we've always talked about is how many times people come up to us and say, is your kid adopted? Right in front of our children, which sometimes can be a little awkward, sometimes can be difficult. And that's a kind way of saying it. They've, we've heard much.
1: How much are those kids? Yeah.
2: Where'd you get them from?
0: Well, how about the hair one, right? Oh, yeah. How to take care of their hair. I mean, I, right. could, I could see some lady, well-meaning maybe, saying that, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we used to be really smiley and kind. Well, I did. Noah's always been kind of very protective. But when the kids were younger, like babies they didn't know so I would smile and I would tell the story and I would take time out in the grocery store to tell them about AJ and now that the kids are older first of all I don't want to talk about every single detail right and I I almost was coming to a place where I was feeling rude
2: Mm-hmm. because we would it would be like it wouldn't Shut even be down. our story yeah it would be like here's a, a five second blurb and get out of our face
1: so we thought how can we create something we actually thought we'll do a website and and really steer people to our website so if they want to hear the story they can go and click you know on our website and they can read it themselves mm-hmm. that's how the idea of adoption now actually started and then when we thought well, we could do this for other people so if you're on the show you have this podcast that you can always say to somebody at the restaurant Oh, we'd love to tell you our story. That's cool. Go to adoption yeah. now and you can click on our podcast and you can hear the whole thing. So then you're not being rude. Mm-hmm. You're telling them information and secondly, you get to enjoy your family.
0: And what if they have they have they feel a pull towards adoption? Because I meet those families, you know, in our church, you'll meet somebody that says, "You know, we're thinking about adopting." they get to go back and listen to the podcast, whether it's your story, somebody they know, or somebody they don't know, but that story really resonates with them.
2: Yes, it's it's exciting for me in such a short time to see how often I hand out a card and say, hey, listen, if you have questions, if you have an, an interest at all, because I do think sometimes people come with the right motives, but they don't know how to say it, and it can come across as <laughs> the wrong way. And then, you know, like we were saying, sometimes we'll just shut down, but this is a great opportunity to say, hey, there's there's a resource out there for you that you can go to, you can discover, you can learn, you can hear different stories.
0: We're speaking with April and Noah. They're the hosts of Adoption Now. You hear April's voice a lot on the program, but we get Noah in here some, too. So that's why it's fun to have him today. It's 9.15 to 10 a.m. on Saturdays on 670 KLTT. And you can listen live um, on the radio, but also online and on the TuneIn radio app. So you've got a lot of ways. If you're out and about, that app's great because you just get the TuneIn app, um, make KLTT one of your favorites, and then Adoption Now... If you're out and about, put on a timer, You know, a reminder, 9.15 a.m. on Saturdays, you got it. So we've made it easy, right, April?
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: so um, reaching people that you reach with the program, you've heard from uh, increasingly a lot more people. What are some of the things you hear from some of the listeners that listen to Adoption
1: Now? Well, I just recently got a great message from somebody who said, I love tuning into your show because I have... 13 children, five adopted from the DRC, and three adopted from Ethiopia. I'm going to have her on the show. And she said, Everyone has an opinion for me. And I have really fought for these children. I mean, I I I don't need everyone's opinions. I can figure out how to how to do this. But now I have this resource where I can go and I listen to other people's stories. And I pick, like I've been saying, I I pick that you know, sentence out. And I'm like, Oh yes. So we have, um, we said yes to number four, our family, Noah and I, and we'll talk about that when we come back, but something about number four really changed her perspective.
0: Well, that, um, is we have to take a, a short break but still that's something we want to hear more about your story more about this gal because that um, that's kind of the future of adoption now it's the opportunity and that's what we love about radio because it's not this static print article or something that never changes it's always evolving and as you learn as a host as adoption now grows then we're able to even reach new listeners and new people with different uh, stories and people that have been affected by adoption it's exciting Absolutely, that's exciting, and we'll look forward to that here in a few minutes. You're listening to Adoption Now.
2: Thornton is locked in to
1: the mighty 670 KLT Denver. Hi, this is April Fallon, the host of Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. Do you have an adoption story you'd like to tell? We'd love to hear it. You can help so many people on the same adoption journey. Radio may seem scary, but the best part about sharing your story is sharing your heart about children. Visit our website at adoption-now.com to submit your story.
0: Faith and Family Radio KLT Denver.
1: Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host April Fallon. Today my husband joins us, Noah. Thanks for being here. You're such a great sport.
2: Thanks for having me. I
1: know radio is not your favorite thing, but you're in it. That's all right. Just smile and talk, right? That's right. Today we are doing something just a little bit different. We wanted to recap uh, Adoption Now, where it came from, and why we started it, and where we see it going. And so we have invited our general manager here to actually interview us. So Mike Trim, you're doing a great job.
0: Thank you. You're hired. You let me hijack your show, so I love that. Thank you very much.
1: Yes. Thank you for taking the time to really speak to us, because you've been... A part of everything from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, honored to do it. We uh, we have adoptions in our home church, and and we've uh, we've been our family around adoption a lot. In fact, my brother has adopted child from China, so it's touched our family. And hearing the stories on adoption now has been important for us to grow, for people in my church to grow that have had some adoptions that haven't just been the smooth, everything's perfect kind of situation. So it's been really good for them to hear stories rather than kind of the clinical, here's agencies and people that can help, which is awesome, but a different thing than what you do.
1: Right. And we just want to know that people are connecting with other people and not feeling alone in their situation. One of the things I wanted to say is that when you come on the show, yes, you get a podcast of your family story, which is super awesome that you can use anywhere and send everybody to, but also we are not selling these stories. We are not making money on it. This is a nonprofit. We are purely doing this to create a community because we need to hear the stories just as much as we want people to tell them. And so people who have come on have said, This is a non-judgmental environment. I was able to say anything. It wasn't a perfect story. It didn't end well or it ended well. You know, everybody has a different avenue. But we want to touch every story as individuals, right? right? It's an individual story. Your path is your path, and you get to own that, and you get to tell that. We are not trying to coerce you into anything else. We're not trying to speak for other agency. Nobody else has their hand in the pot, so to speak. We are doing this just out of pure storytelling.
0: But the beauty of the story, too, is that others hear and they'll, they'll be able to draw something out of that story. You said earlier, no two adoptions typically are the same. You know, for the most part, there's this story and and the, the child who is born perhaps with some drug addictions or, or some issues there. Yours looked different than what you saw on some other resources, you know, and thank goodness for that. But there was so much you, you were able to draw out and learn from. And that's what adoption now is. That's kind of part of what we do, right?
1: Right.
2: Yeah. And I think it's so important because it's now, right? It's not just adoption. It's adoption now. So what's happening today, what's happening in the future as we continue this program and really seeing God's heart in it. We, we are all created as unique individuals. So are these children And so that's what makes it so unique, and that's what makes every story a little bit different.
1: Our passion is children, and that's what we see is the common link between all the stories, is that people love children. Whether they're doing it out of infertility, they're doing it uh, to grow their family, or somehow they stumbled upon adoption. I mean, everyone has, like we've been saying, uh, a different journey and reason for getting into it, but the bottom line is, is that we want orphans to have a home.
0: Yeah, that's it, right? And and you want the families to be equipped because naive me that thinks, well, adoption's pretty straightforward, and then my brother adopts, and then a person in the church adopts that we know that the adoption has gone. It's been very rough and, and probably will be a de-adoption. I know that's not a word, but I just made it one. So that's what's happening for them. That's the reality. And adoption now can be really a wonderful help to them for them to be able to say, Okay, I don't feel alone. Noah mentioned that earlier, you know, that people need to know. They're not the only ones that are experiencing that.
1: Right. Sometimes it doesn't always work out. You know, we talk a little bit about baby number four. Um, We didn't actually meet that baby. We just got matched to the mom. We are looking for another child, African-American, because we had one African-American, Colombian. And now we felt like we needed a child that looked like our oldest son. Well, he was asking for a baby that had his color hair. Yeah. So we said Yes. Uh, it didn't end up working out. She had the baby. The birth dad came to the hospital and took the baby. Okay. We grieved that baby, though. It's interesting because some people say, well, you didn't even meet the baby. How do you know? When you invest and you say yes, you invest, number one, your time, your money, and You're your hopes there, and right? your dreams. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you are thinking about this baby. It's very similar the grieving process to a miscarriage although it's not physical on your body it weighs heavy emotionally on your body and so we kinda grieve through that and then said yes to the next baby which really radically changed our whole perception of adoption christianity our marriage it redefined everything we were up into that point We had felt like even though it was rough, um, if we just prayed, God had been there and and things were going to work out and they were going to be fine. You know, yes, loss happens, but nothing what we were about to experience. So we said yes to this baby that had been abused. We didn't know at the time he was about 18 months old. We brought him home. We bumped birth order. They tell you not to do that. So they say if, you know, do an adoption that's a natural progression. So. You know, we would have had to get a baby and then Lily would have been the second.
0: Yeah, she would have stayed. She wouldn't have been still the youngest child.
1: Right. So now we bumped her from second position to third position, put the new child right in the middle. Yeah. And, you know, some people, it works for them. And if, it, if you have a story and you did that and you felt like God was telling you to do it and it worked for you, I would love to hear that story. Come on the show. People need to hear that. It can happen for us it was just chaos. The little boy was super aggressive to our little girl. Um, We were separating them constantly. We had the state in our house. We had therapists and counselors trying to help us. And everyone at the end of the day said, this is not working. AJ, your four-year-old is crying every single day. And he thinks it's his fault that this little boy is not connecting to you. Lily, who was a baby, a nine month old baby, is going backwards. You've worked so hard to detox her and get her connected. Right. And now they're going to send her to children's hospital because she's now going backwards in development. I mean, it was just chaos. And they finally said, we think you might want to look at some other options and place the child in a home that he would heal faster in,
2: yeah, that was that was something that we didn't know was even a possibility. And if you you know, we you'd hear stories in the past about how that could possibly happen. And then everybody that talks about it was so judgmental about that story. And so it was really a a process for us to kind of recognize, hey, A plus B doesn't always equal C. We don't have all the answers. Like April had mentioned, love is not enough sometimes. And so we ended up going and
1: really trying to find a different family for him which yeah. is it turned we, your life upside it turned down, our life right? upside you said down. Your
0: marriage it kind of it caused abrasion there and you know god god worked you through that but it was a rough road right
1: absolutely the other family came in they have an interesting story they tried to adopt from ethiopia and it fell through mm-hmm. so they came in and saw a boy and they fell in love instantly and they were so happy and we felt like almost like birth parents Like we wanted that little boy to stay with us. We're his parents and we had to hand him over. So it was the happiest day of their lives and one of the saddest days of ours. And that encompasses adoption. There is loss. Somebody feels loss and somebody feels great joy. And it really made us feel like we understood what it's like to be a parent and not have it succeed in adoption. And we felt for these Families where they're struggling so much, and they're looking at other options, and they don't want to do that. Before we were just kind of like, "Why didn't you keep the kid? What's wrong with you?" You know, right? Work People harder. Don't
0: understand that just they're going, and you probably feel that way too, right? You're thinking oh, it feels like we're giving up here. Yes. You, know? you said like a miscarriage, but without the the um, physical part. But I'm thinking it would be even harder because you programmed towards
1: this is our son.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's it, and then. There was a cool ending to it, but it probably was super hard. And as you said, it kind of redefined everything for you guys, right?
1: It did. We were in counseling because we were both grieving. We had never seen each other grieve like this before. So we were in a place in our marriage where we didn't even really recognize each other. And, you know, there were days where I, I thought we did the wrong thing and we would go down that spiral. And so we finally got ourselves into some therapy, into some marriage therapy, um, which Noah was like, had oh, never I was, experienced. I was
2: so anti-therapy well, before yeah. that time. Us
0: guys, we're going to fix everything ourselves, right?
2: Yep. Just go to, go to therapy. If you, if you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you need to, to help, whether it's through grieving, even through the process of adoption, I think therapy is such a huge, huge benefit. And it's, it's I would say it saved our marriage. It really did.
1: The family that got him... They were so overjoyed. They knew it was going to be a lot of work. Within a year, he healed, which is miraculous. He attached to them. He's a healthy boy. But one of the things that they did for us is they never said, you gave up. They said, you gave us a son. And I learned a lot from that because they said, we will always tell this little boy. This family went and got you in Florida, and they kept you for a little while, and then they brought you to us. And they gave us a gift, and they loved you so much. They love you from Denver. You know, they bought him a book that said, "Um love of Denver." and they said, "This family was there, and they loved you so they still do. That was a gift to us because they could have said, "We can't believe you didn't keep him, but we're here. We rescued him. Right. They didn't see it like that. And what I find is that that child will heal faster.
0: well, kids pick up on that stuff too, oh right? absolutely. They- Even if it's unsaid, they get the tone of, oh, well, they just gave up on you or whatever those parents are conveying, but didn't happen this way. And you said that's an important part of adoption, right? You mentioned that earlier today that love, that having that, um, I don't remember how you said it, April, but it was something about how positive it has to be and that that nobody can take that we're going to blame others viewpoint. It has to be, you know what? God's in this thing and we're all going to, we're going to work together with it, but we're also going to use the resources, the stories, the professionals, the people that we need to help us do this because it's not easy.
1: One of the things, Dr. Jason Richardson, who we had on the show, he's on a podcast as well. He was awesome. And he was really talking about race and not being caught up in the whole race thing that's going on right now. And you know, us as Caucasian parents trying to raise African American sons what how to our daughters how do we do that you know do we culture them and all these things and one of the things he said was you're dealing with issues that are way bigger than this you're dealing with rejection you're dealing with so many bigger things that I think you really need to tackle and that's exactly what you're talking about is that why bring bitterness into a child When you're already dealing with rejection, I mean, that little boy is going to deal with things from his mother and what he went through in that first 18 months, well beyond now bringing in and then, you know, they didn't want you. No, they did want you, but you belonged to us. And going back to the first segment, the lady who was so touched and reached out to me and the people who are reaching out are saying, there's one part of your story that really resonated with me. And for her, it was that. She had just adopted a little girl from the DRC that another family brought home. It was not working. The girl was not healing. She had just brought home four, and she took this other little girl. And she said, I was so happy to hear you say that because I am working with a little girl to say, let's not be angry with them. Let's just focus on this is your forever family, and let's go forward, and let's teach forgiveness. And she's like, because I heard you say it, I thought – yes, that's exactly what I want in my family. That's what happens when you come share your story. Is you, you have the boldness to speak out, to tell the truth. And all of a sudden, somebody says, if they're telling the truth, I can tell the truth too.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the power of a story, right? As opposed to, well, we're telling you this information. And, and again, there's a place for that and that could be good. But adoption now, God's called you to do a different thing with this show
1: yeah I think it's really exciting that we're getting the feedback we were hoping
0: yeah yeah and what are who are some of the other people you're finding you're reaching because it's it's been a pretty wide net right uh, it's it's been incredible you know you you walk around you hear
2: stories, even in my job, I hear stories of maybe an aunt or a friend or somebody in the community who has either been adopted who is in the process of adopting. Um, it's amazing how much adoption touches people. Maybe not directly, but it feels like everyone has either a family member or a friend who's either gone through it or is going through it.
1: You should tell the whole International story. The lady who works for Holt International.
2: Oh yeah, that's that's um, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. There is there is a group. Um, so she worked for Holt International for years, which is an adoption agency. They have done so much incredible work, um, helping thousands of babies uh, through adoption, specifically in South Korea. And um, just the stories that we've been telling have been really helpful for her because something that's going on right now with Holt is there's a group of Koreans who are very bitter um, and have almost said, you know, what happened? We shouldn't have been adopted. We're moving back, and we're really angry about it. And Holt has kind of gotten stuck in the middle of this. And so for her to hear these stories, and we've actually had a couple of adoptees who are from South Korea, one who was actually adopted from Holt, and to hear his story and just the, the incredible power behind it and and who his parents were and what they were able to do for him. I think that's something we want to continue to see happen, whether it's, again, through Holt or another agency. Uh, but just that power of the story, like you said, Mike, is such an incredible thing. You well, can...
1: I'm sorry. You can get those on podcast as well. It's John DeYoung's story and Megan Clark's story, both adopted from from South Korea, and they are very. It's very inspirational how they talk about. And they don't say it was easy, but what they say is they found God in it. And when other people who are angry can hear that and go, I just. I mean, it might not break through right away, but it, something happens where you can connect. And this poor lady that Noah met was so discouraged. Oh and I was a part of bringing them over and now they're upset and but then she was very encouraged encouraging she's like oh but there are some that came over and are that's happy. Right. That's well,
2: right. We we live in such a society that's filled with so much anger and so much hatred. I mean you, you look at the agendas right now that are happening around the world. I think that's what adoption now is the it's the the opposition to that. We want to take the anger out. We want to bring in the love of God, the grace of God, the ability to look at a a story and to share what has God really done. And it doesn't mean there's no pain. It doesn't mean there's not difficult times, but there are other people on this journey too. And we want to connect and grow that together.
0: Yeah. You know, if you compare it to biblical passages and Christ was not um, he didn't mince words. There were times when he had to just say, okay, this is really what's going to happen. And there's sections of the Bible that are kind of hard to read, right? Because you go, ouch, that sounds that sounds really harsh. But it's the reality. It's the reality of Christ, the reality of the Bible, but also... Um, you know, with adoption, there's that reality. And, and, when I listen, I've listened to a couple of the podcasts and just the stories are amazing. Even the information from the doctor was really good because he brought insights that you're just, you're not going to hear if it's in a clinical setting. You have to hear the stories of real people that are really experiencing uh, something uh, with adoption. They've either know someone or they've been in it. And this lady was helped by just that little piece.
1: I'm really excited in the future shows in the next month, we're about to have our first birth mother on the show. And so we have heard from adoptees, we've heard from parents, and now we're gonna hear the heart of a birth mother who gave up a child. And I love shedding light on that, and I might get emotional, because these women are giving a gift of life to someone else and it is a very sad day for them. And they never stop thinking about that child and they're doing something very brave. And in the past, we've kind of put them in a category that's like, well, they couldn't take care of the kid anyways, or, right. you know, they were in a bad situation and we saved the kid. Not like that. There's not a hero necessarily in the story. It's a story about love. And it's a story about giving a child, loving a child more than you love yourself. And so she is gonna be brave enough to come on here and share her story. And I'm so excited to have her.
0: That's going to be stunning because you don't hear that perspective typically.
1: It's scary. It's scary to talk about. Yeah. You know, and and it can be on all sides. We've had people say, I'm too scared. I I think you just want to hear good stories. No, no, we don't. And don't be scared. We were scared too when we started the show. I mean, Noah doesn't do radio, so he was scared to be on radio. (laughs) I do radio, but I was talking about advertising. This is something from the heart. This is deep. And I didn't know what was going to come out. And it was so scary for us those first couple shows. I mean, we wouldn't even sleep the night before thinking, what are we doing? But God has been in it, and he gives you the strength to say the things that you need to say.
2: Please don't be afraid. I mean, if you have a story and you have even an inkling to want to share it, please reach out to us. We just want people to feel uh, into a safe place. This is not a place where you have to worry about what other people think. And I think even for us, we've had other... You know, communities or churches and families who have either adopted or have gone through, who have their own agenda as well, and they're very judgmental. And the, the beauty of this show is to be able to say, hey, you don't have to worry about any of that. That's all gone. You're here, and you can say whatever you need to say that God has put on your heart.
0: So if somebody wants to be on the show, they have a story to share, how do they get a hold of you?
2: Uh, the best way probably is to email April at april at adoption-now.com. You can also go to the Facebook page. You can go to Adoption Now. Um, We also have a website, which is adoption-now.com. But really the best way I would say is to email April and just begin the conversation. She's great at pulling out story as well. So you may be thinking, oh man, I can't get on the radio. I can't do this. Or I don't really know if I'm ready to share it. I think just the conversation opening up is a great way to start.
0: She's a great interviewer. And if somebody wants to fund or help with the show, if they want to become a sponsor, they're an agency or, or organization business that wants to get involved, same thing, really. Get a hold of April or or connect with you on Facebook. Yes. And we also have a, a button on the website,
2: Donate Now, okay. if it's something that you just feel called to do and you just want to give. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, and so that would be a great way to give as well.
1: I do want to end this this great interview was saying that even through our grief and our counseling and getting through the loss that we experienced in those five years and saying yes to so many babies, um, at the end of it, the mom that changed her mind prior, remember I told you that the birth dad showed up and we lost that baby, she did call us and say I'm pregnant again and this is your baby and that is our sixth baby that we that said yes so to. cool finalized on little Vivi and she is the joy. We named her Olivia, which means peace because it was very peaceful and joy because the minute I got to hold her, it was complete joy. And, and anyone that knows when you see your baby and hold them, your forever baby for the first time, it's so emotional and it's so amazing how you just love that child instantly. Thank you so much for your time and and for doing this interview with us. And I appreciate you you believing in us when we first started and really um, encouraging us to continue going with this adoption show and bringing it to radio. You're welcome, April. You made my dreams come true. Oh, wait, I went over the top. If you would like more information about Adoption Now, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Remember, all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week.